This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangland, and I'm joined by my other delightful and wonderful co-host, Jonathan Wangland, my son, on the third episode of the debut of Does Father Know Best? And uh, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but we've had a great response to the first two episodes of the show, so welcome back for this third episode, and I promise you, we're not going to disappoint you. We've got an interesting show tonight. And uh, I'm taking a look in the uh, on my computer screen, and I can see my son, and he's not even as cute as I am. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. How you doing today, John? I'm doing good. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good, and I'm definitely the better looking one out of the both of us. There's no denying that. Next time you introduce me, you have to do my wrestling introduction. That is done on my wrestling shows. No, you have to do the hashtag Scandinavian God Himself, Johnny podcasting john wangland that's how you yeah. do it yeah you boy you the, you really came up with a, a really serious one on that one man yeah. I, I, I love um, i love the new uh, promos that we have for the show the intros and the outros uh, for for the show great job uh by the folks who do those and you know yeah, we try to make everything great for the fans. yeah his name's chris he's out in toronto canada so if anybody's ever looking to uh, get some good stuff done for their show, for some uh, voiceovers or whatever it is. Chris does some great work, man. So let me know and we'll hit you up with his info. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. It's great stuff. Well, you know, there's so many things going on. Uh, you know, as I keep saying in my show, everything seems to have a little uh, little bit of the coronavirus stuck to it. But today, I think we have this show has none of that. Uh, and this weekend, I guess there were four sports that took off. Um, you know, they had some NASCAR racing. There was a professional golfing. I, I think there was a soccer game that was played somewhere with no nobody in the fa- in the uh, crowds. I don't follow soccer. I can't stand it. So um, you know, I, I can't even speak on that subject uh, as an intelligent human being. It help just to watch soccer. But uh, all that aside, so sports are kind of coming back in the um, in the forefront. I think it's really a great show. Uh, to talk about today and on my show just thinking which I'm sorry man I, I set my goals every week and it's like a banner week of people watching the shows I love you guys thank you so much I did a show on um, this kind of idea that uh, the you know for our country to come back we have people promoting this idea that sports will heal the country so I tell people, you know, I was actually going to discuss this on this show, but I'm going to refer people back to my other show because we have our own thing on sports today, uh, you know, which kind of spins off of that a little bit. And some of the other things that I think that's bogus. I think it has to do primarily with money. Sports are very important for people to feel like they're coming back. But, hey, man, it, it's not like we've been in World War II underground for four years. It's been a couple of months, you know. Uh, this has to do with a lot of money, a lot of jing jing. Uh, involved here. Speaking of which, if I'm not too far in the weeds here, I wanted to set the kind of uh, the, the stage for our show here today. Uh, I was kind of dumbfounded uh, by an article that I saw in the New York Times, which is a paper I just love. If you guys don't like it, I'm sorry, but it's a great paper. 
There's other great things out there. And in their sports section, they were talking about the new series or the series that's been on, super popular, The Last Dance about Michael Jordan. And I'd love to tell you that I'm a basketball fan. I used to be years ago, uh, you know, with uh, the Boston Celtics when, uh, uh, you know, they were smoking cigars on the floor with Red Auerbach. (laughs) So it's been a long time since I really followed basketball to any um, to great shakes. But of course, I know who Michael Jordan is. And I always thought he was a great guy. But holy Jesus, Mary and Joseph uh, in in. The last dance, and I guess these last two episodes that are on tonight, I guess on Sunday, since we're we're taping the show on Sunday, uh, what a prick he evidently is. And they actually have uh, a, a thing that says Michael Jordan, NBA champ, marketing legend, which he is. I just thought he was a great guy and toxic worker. And it says experts say dif- the, the difficult superstar is really worth the cost to workplace morale, and does the Bulls icon prove them wrong? And if you read this article, folks, uh, and there's a ton more on on Michael Jordan, and you know he hasn't you know played basketball in a number of years. To say that he was a a, a bad guy and acted terrible is uh, is an understatement, and it leads me into the second part of the show, which uh, John, you'll be an expert in uh, more than I am. And that is the worst sports role models in history. I mean, you know, I've got a list of 25. I said, whoa, there's a lot that are good. But, man, he could possibly rank up there with them on the things. And, uh, you know, you said that you weren't too familiar with this either. And what are the things that he was accused of besides being this great player and, you know, really motivating people? He says he showed little mercy when berating co-workers. He seized on their setbacks. He scoffed if they were sick. He punched at least two of them in the head of his teammates because they just weren't uh, performing enough. Uh, he didn't, um, uh, you know, he was a six-time uh, NBA uh, champion. He was an icon with things. But uh, he would tell people, hey, man, I'm going to, this is a quote. I'm going to ridicule you. And this is on his show on Sunday night. I'm going to ridicule you until you get on the same level as me. And if you don't get on the same level, then it's going to be hell for you. And man, he's got uh, players like Will Perdue, one of the centers uh, that played for him and and said he he was ready to duke it out with me. Punched Will Perdue right in the goddamn head. And people are saying that this is a guy who was a toxic worker. He was a superstar harasser. And uh, this is a trend that started back in the day. And some people are still doing like in tech firms and, uh, uh, you know, other things where uh, people uh, feel that if they're like a top player or, uh, you know, they're the top dog, there's a no asshole rule that they call it, that you can do any goddamn thing that you want because it's okay. And the owners say that, hey, man, like after Jordan retired the next year, the Bulls uh, won basically the same number of games, two less, without him being there, and everybody was happy. And they say mean-spirited people do massive damage to the team. They victimize them, bystanders that have ripple effects, organizational performance themselves, everything. And uh, 
I can go into more, but I didn't want to, you know, take up 20 minutes of the show and not, not, you know, hijack the show there. What do you think about that, John? And, you know, are there, is there anybody in wrestling or other sports that you're aware of, uh, you know, that, that you could consider uh, like uh, Michael Jordan or in basketball or whatever? Yeah. I mean, if you want to go, I mean, let's look at Michael Jordan for a second. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. was arguably the greatest ball player of all time, hands down, no doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. Cutthroat businessman. Look at he still has the, his empire today with Jordan's. Um, you know, with the Jordan line of everything, and he's still making buku cash off of it. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was a womanizer. He was a heavy gambler. He mm-hmm. was a highly, like you had mentioned, competitive person and a very toxic person to people on and off the court in his life. Um, I don't believe he's still married at all. Um, I don't believe I don't believe he is at all. He's bounced around from franchise to franchise. He's come back many times, never replicated the success that he had when he when he was at his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, hands down, no doubt about it. The Chicago Bulls have never won another uh, another ring again in basketball, from what I remember. And I'm not mm-hmm. an avid basketball follower with everything. I follow it, but not a ton. Um, mm-hmm. They never were able to replicate the success. He he virtually, you know, after his leaving, yeah, they had a great season for a season or so after. They became one of the jokes of, of basketball again because – Michael Jordan was the only thing that people recognized in that franchise. That's detrimental to a, to a, a team. When you have one player and that one player eventually leaves and a couple others start to go and it's that trickle down effect, that's when this, the companies and the teams in this instance start to lose their fan base. They start to mm-hmm. lose their ticket sales. They start to lose their advertising revenue, their their space on television, whatever it might be. Michael Michael Jordan's an amazing player. I haven't seen this series yet. I'm going to have to watch it now, kind of hearing about him. But mm-hmm. no, he was a very unlikable guy to many people. Um, Steve Kerr, the coach of the of the uh, Golden State Warriors, I believe, beat the shit out of him. Hey, everyone. This is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at... Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling with Reality on all major podcast outlets. Um, Jesus, because, I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe he did. I, I don't quote me on it, but I heard a story a little bit about this. That Steve Kerr, who's the you know big coach of the Golden State Warriors there and was a player with him, um, beat the shit out of him or got in a big fight with him of some sorts, too, from what I understand as well. But I have to research more on that. It's just something I've heard, um, you know, through people talking about the series and what I've seen online. But he's a very to- he was a very toxic guy to be around. And he I think he does he still own part stock in one of the franchises, I think the Charlotte Hornets or something. Um, you know, I, I the Bobcats, whatever the hell they call them. I don't even know the articles yeah. that I have don't mention that uh, it, but what it does mention that up until about 2015, up until about, because, you know, all of these, all of these leagues, all the things that people do, including the show that I did today on this, this uh, 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 sports, making this emotional plea to make people heal. Uh, as you can recall, that deal with China over the summer, over the winter. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, at the NBA, they didn't pull, you know, all these guys are, you know, taking a knee and doing all other kinds of shit like that. When it, when it goes into the billions of dollars, everybody all of a sudden had like a different perspective on things on the NBA yep. with money. But evidently, uh, the same people in the NBA who do all their analytics on these toxic superstars, around uh, 2015, they started doing studies, I think, through Stanford University. And they started coming up by saying, uh, and they, it just wasn't worth it, that uh, they started, Stanford started doing studies comparing manufacturing plants, big companies losing large contracts, uh, even Sears. They had a thing with Sears employees in Chicago and everything else. And they transferred this over to thinking, you know, where they had supervisors and coworkers who were pricks. Mm-hmm. And even though people would come to work every day and do what they had to do in snowstorms and times of this, they didn't perform as well. And they actually lost business, uh, you know, due to this uh, kind of stuff. And it didn't work out well. And and that's what um, in sports, um, you know, that uh, they started, you know, trying to make this push in 2015 only for the money. Well, you they thought. You, you mentioned a great point too, though, and you asked a question. Sorry to interrupt for a second. No, interrupt. It, it, it's very relevant to the Michael Mike, to Michael Jordan. Um, but you you mentioned a question, and you don't have to like wrestling to know this name. But people who are the most toxic people to the business, who have been the biggest names and detrimental to it. And I'm going to go to wrestling here because everybody will know this name, no matter if you've watched wrestling or not. You know this name. Ninety nine out of a hundred people will know this name and know who he is and be able to recognize him. And it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan huh. is the name of professional wrestling that people instantly think of in many ways. Absolutely. Hulk Hogan was also the most toxic person to work with for many, many, many years. Hulk was Hogan, he really? Yes, absolutely. Hulk Hogan uh, was casted aside by Vince McMahon in the early 90s when he felt that he was supposed to, <laughs> uh, that he wanted to continue on. And there's a lot of uh, back and forth people have with that. And I'll preface this by saying Hulk Hogan's my favorite of all time. I love Hulk Hogan. He was my first uh, love in wrestling, and I'll always love him till the day I die, no matter what. But I got to be realistic and honest about it. So he went over to World Championship Wrestling in 1994 and really didn't do too much. He gained them a little notoriety. He ended up becoming the ultimate bad guy for them. But what he did was he had Ted Turner's pocketbook. He had the guy that was running World Championship Wrestling, Eric Bischoff. Mm. He was his friend in real life. Hulk Hogan gained this thing called creative control. So what he could do is he could nix any idea that went on in professional wrestling. And he had this thing called, it was called the favored nations clause in his contract. Nobody could make more money than him. If somebody came in and was signing a deal that was going to make more money than him, he had to make more money in it. He blocked more talent, more people from getting pushes to elevate them to superstar levels in wrestling and held the belt so many times over that he literally, in many people's mind, ended up killing World Championship Wrestling, which was bought out in 2001. Now, there's much more business to that with the AOL Time Warner merger and everything. Then he went on to go in in the late 2000s to go to another company called TNA or Impact Wrestling at the time, and he commanded a massive salary that Spike TV, Paramount Pictures, ended up paying for him. And they used his ideas. They did everything. He killed the company, and the company is virtually non-existent. They're they're out there today. They're still kicking, but he killed the company. Then he had several years back. He went back to the WWE. Um, he's gone back and forth there many times, and he had that instance with his divorce, where his friend taped him, and he said those very racist things. 
And mm-hmm. he was literally booted out of the Hall of Fame and he was blocked from television from them for three years. They wouldn't even let him here because people thought so unfavorably of him in many ways. And he killed his legacy with so many people by believing in him and his own hype too much. So you know, I can, I can remember when you were a little boy, I'm the guy who introduced you to wrestling, of course, and we went to the arena and I can remember, uh, you know, just, just, you know, wanting to take you to the show with mom and, and mm-hmm. family and everything else like that. But at the same time, just dreading sitting through all that stuff. But in my mind, it was better than seeing the ice capades or something like that, or, or whatever that, uh, that thing Sesame Street on ice. Yeah, Disney yeah. on ice and shit. I couldn't stand those kind of things. But I mean, you know, <laughs> they were important for you and we'd always have to go see those things. But uh, I can remember being literally bored senseless during the wrestling match that we saw. And then Hulk Hogan came out. Yeah, and lit the place up. Yeah, now keep in mind, I had seen all the old Sunnyside Garden wrestlers and champion mm-hmm. wrestlers. In the 50s and early 60s, people, you know, the uh, you know the Kangaroo Brothers and Raka and Haystacks Calhoun and all kinds of things like that. And forgive me, this isn't a wrestling show, but we are talking about sports. Watching these guys, it was, you know, it was more the same and mm-hmm. just more modern. I'll never forget, by the end of the match with Hulk Hogan, him standing on the ropes and doing that thing where, you know, he has the people, you know, cheering and everything. Uh, it was electrifying. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I, I had been at Yankee Stadium as a kid and seen, you know, famous pitchers and games. Sure. I met Snyder, people who, who know who he is from the Brooklyn Dodgers on Ebbets Field. I mean, incredible shit. He was a miracle. Mm-hmm. It, it was an event watching him. Uh, I, it was it was worth it for that five minutes. I just felt like I wanted to bust through my pants. You couldn't help but love him, right? Yes. Oh, no. And he was every kid's icon. He would say, say your prayers, take your vitamins, do the right things in life, do all the right things and the good things. And the secret, you know, that was being held was he was a massive steroid user. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. oh, he's a, he's been a massive drinker his whole life. I he had was, no idea. Yeah, his whole yeah, life. I mean, and he's been in a lot of pain. He's had problems with painkillers later on. I mean, the guy's had like nine hip surgeries. You got to feel for him. You know, he went through a terrible divorce with his wife who left him for a younger man, but he had been unfaithful. I mean, all these things the 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 Hulk Hogan that you saw was not the guy that was behind the scenes all the time. You know, the ones that was the role model like Michael Jordan. It was the same way. And that's why I thought it was a great analogy when you put it. What you see out in front of you isn't always what you get because people are they are and they're not always great people that are behind there. They're not your role models that you think they are. No, they're not. And I can, I can, you know, I hope you're enjoying this show as much as I am. Just oh, absolutely. It's a great topic. Because, because uh, guys like this or, or other players have turned, I used to be a really avid sports fan. And uh, I have turned, sports have turned me off uh, in a number of ways in, in many of the things, either the grandstanding, the, the just awful, dreadful behavior. <laughs> That yep. you see people sometimes the way they act. I, I can think of a guy, and may his soul rest in peace, but um, there's, you know, he's a famous, famous Yankee ball player and manager. And can you guess who I'm going to talk about? Billy Martin. Absolutely. He yep. destroyed the Yankees. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he literally took the Yankees yeah, that I knew and single handedly destroyed. I'm, I'm so pleased that you, you know that. Just destroyed that. That uh, that 
league, uh, you know, that team, the tenor of that team for, I think, permanently. I don't think the Yankees have ever been the same, even during their good days. It took them uh, forever to recover from the roster decisions that he made, the oh, glaring problems that he created. How many times did he get fired and hired? Oh, it was over and over, and it became almost like a Donald Trump thing between him and George Steinbrenner. Oh, it was ridiculous. But the right? worst thing is when you when you look at guys. Uh, I'll tell you, when I saw Mickey Mantle as a kid, I'm like Billy Crystal, you know, the famous comedian. When I saw Mickey Mantle or Roger Maris play, and I saw I've seen Mickey Mantle play in person, and Roger how uh, you know Roger Maris play in person, Yogi Berra, uh, you know all the fame, Whitey Ford. Do you know some of the most destructive people for one another were Billy Martin, Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle, uh, that group of people? Not that they weren't bad guys, but they were wild, crazy maniacs. And when you saw Mantle at the end, he had a beautiful wife and beautiful children. The alcoholism in his family and the destruction. These fucking guys, and I have to use that language, all they did was party think that there were two sets of rules, you know, they're, you know, always members of the gas house gang and all this other shit like that. You know, they weren't guys like Leo DeRocher, the old manager. He was a, he was a badass and a, and a crazy character. Do you thing. remember grandpa's story about Mickey Mantle? No. Oh, oh you mean God, when you he don't... met him at the mall? For the, for he, the, yeah. The Cause uh, you pull back the onion for people here a little bit. Yeah. You know, our grandfather, when he retired, you know, he retired very early from his job at the New York City Transit Authority. He wanted to keep busy. So he worked at with the Dutchess County Mall, right? Yes. He worked in Dutchess County Mall in the maintenance thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he would go to the card shows there and he would drive for some of the guests they would have coming in. He was a big baseball fan. He like, that's, that's who got right. me into baseball. And uh, he would work and he would drive for a lot of the guys that were coming in for the card show and he would get a chance to meet him. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, all the Mets that he would meet and get me their autographs and their baseball, yeah, baseball cards, cards and everything else, Balls, you know, Hall of Famers, the top guys ever. Yeah. And Mickey Mantle was doing a signing and he drove for him and he'll never forget that. Grandpa had that beautiful Mercury Grand Marquis, right? Yes. Mint. Yeah, mint. And he went to go pick Mickey Mantle up and Mickey Mantle pitched a shit fit about it because he said he only drove in Lincoln's or betters uh, better than that. And mm -hmm. Grandpa turned him off so much. Now, he ended up getting in the car with them and Grandpa knew what a big thing it would be for me as a kid to get a signed Mickey Mantle card. And the guys always signed everything for free, you know, for him because he was always such a good guy and he was working for the show and taking them around and helping them out. And then he bit his lip the whole time with them, even though, you know, Grandpa never bit his lip with anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he wanted to do it. And he asked Mickey Mantle at the end of the thing uh, for an autograph uh, for, for me as a little uh -huh. kid. And Mickey Mantle said, yeah, I'll, I'll give an autograph, 200 bucks, which is what he was charging people at the card show to come in. Absolutely. And Grandpa said, you can keep your 200 bucks. No, thank you. And yeah. he told me that story. And he told me how much he loved Mickey Mantle as a baby. He never looked at him the same. Yeah, I, I love, you know, and that's um, if this isn't going down memory lane for the. Oh, uh, no, it's a great the, story about idol. For the audience here. Do you know who do you know who Duke Snyder was? Of course, the pitcher. No, Duke Snyder was a um, uh, was an outfielder. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Brooklyn yes. Dodgers. Yes, I remember. He was, one of the, he was one of the original home run hitters uh, of the caliber of Ted Williams, of um, of Mickey Mantle, of, you know, of those guys at that era. And this is when the Brooklyn Dodgers played in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. so, do you know how far Ebbets Field was from my house? Oh, at five, 10 minutes? 
uh, try 15 minutes uh, to take a bus. <laughs> and wow. I, yeah, I actually was at Ebbets Field and I was with Ebbets Field with my dad. Of course, I was a little tiny boy. I can remember like five or six. And I was there and we were there because the uh, legion that my dad belonged to had this uh, drum and bugle corps. And we went to a double header. And in between the double header, the drum and bugle corps, you know, played its deal. They were called the Golden Knights. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. And we were all downstairs in like the bowels of, uh, you know, where guys come marching out on the field. And lo and behold, I'm a little kid, like five or six years old. And my father's my father says, you know, here, here's the whole thing. Here's the Golden Eagles. Here's the players in there. And in those days, they're having a beer. They're smoking cigarettes. All this shit. They weren't in the clubhouse. They were just in the, in the, the, the area over here. And we see them. He says, there's Duke Snyder. And I came up and I'll never forget, he was my hero, like Mickey Mantle. And I said, Duke Snyder. And I looked at him and I said, hey, Duke, can I have an autograph? And he says, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He was serious. He says, get out of here, kid. And I'll never forget. I've seen him on, you know, uh, Ken Burns series on baseball and everything. still alive? No, but he's so famous. I mean, he's a famous old player, for Christ's sakes. And I'll, and I'll look and people say, he was a wonderful guy. You know, Vin Scully, the famous uh, announcer. Would say, shit. He, he, was a, shit. <laughs> he was a shit bird of the first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting show. Now, here's some here's some other uh, guys, uh, I think, uh, that make the list. And I, I, I wanted to see what you think about this. Yeah. O.J. Simpson is definitely on the list there of guys who just what a great guy he was. I mean, you know. The OJ man, you know, doing the the Hertz commercials and then just what a disgrace he became. <laughs> but we'll put him out. He was like number uh I don't know, he goes beyond the list. How about Robert Kraft? You know, the owner <laughs> wow. of the Patriots, man. Ooh. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. He's he's the prostitute monger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's the prostitute monger, man. This guy's this guy's uh Hooking out for some nineteen-year-old uh, prostitutes. What was it? A Thai prostitute he got, right? A call, a massage yeah, girl. Yeah, whatever. Something like you know, Asian gals yeah. coming. Yeah, he's sex. going for the tug and rub, man. <laughs> or rub and tug, there, man. Yeah, yeah. He's got a pretty notorious uh, laundry list of indiscretions at him, man. He's. Uh, yeah, I'll say this about Robert Kraft. The one thing you can say about him is he's loyal to his people for the most part. Mm-hmm. If you're good to him and you make him a lot of money, he's going to keep you around. If you're not, now, me, not so much. Now, let me ask you this question then. Uh, let me ask you this question because he, he's not on the list at all. Tom Brady's not on the list. And I, I don't even want to talk about I mean, I'm not mad at Tom Brady or any such mm-hmm. thing like that. 
But somebody that you know as a kid, I could not stand in football was Bill Belichick. Sure. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't tolerate the guy. I would see him. I have changed completely on him. A hundred and I've done a 180 on Bill Belichick. I see him. He doesn't bother me at all. He looks like the most sensible guy in the world now. He looks like a cool customer. He looks like he's fair to his players. He looks like he's loyal to people. Uh, he looks like he's a sensible guy. He's he's just all business. He is. Tell I me, mean, that's why Tom think. Brady's not there. Yeah, yeah. That that's it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he knows he's in a decline, and he's looking out for the best of his business, of his of his of his team. And people can be pissed at Brady for going wherever, whatever it is, or Belichick and saying he can't, he can't, they kicked him aside. Nah, they made a lot of money together. And there he's a businessman and he's a smart businessman and he's doing what's best for his team in the long run. You know, do you think that, do you think that's right though? What, what did, what did Brady play? Uh, 14 or 15 years for the, uh, I think he was there 16 or 18. So you play 16 or 18 years. Uh, you know, he got to the, uh, you know, to, to, to the, to the big deal, man, you know? Uh, this year, but they didn't take it. Uh, and the, you know, is it all about money, man? Is it all about money? You mean like for Brady? Is it all about money for him? No, is it all about money for Kraft and for uh, for Belichick? I mentioned the two. You know, you know, we talked about Kraft being old guys a billionaire. You said he was loyal, but you know, you know, you think you know. In your mind, was Brady kicked to the side, or did he? No, just I don't think he was. Money? No, I don't think he was. I think he's made a boatload of cash. I think he's been, I think he's been great to the city too, and all those things. But uh-huh. when you get up to a certain point, you got to make the decision for them as a team. They got to start developing in some youth. You know, they know they saw a decline in him. I'm not saying he's still not going to play great, or he's not going to do great in Tampa Bay because he very well could. I think he is. I think he's a great guy. I love Tom Brady. I really do. And I'm a Dolphins fan. For mm-hmm. me to say it, I love him to death. But. You know, he wanted to still play. They didn't want him to play anymore. They didn't want him to play for them anymore in that role. They wanted to start developing some youth. Um, so for that, I, I understand both sides of it there. I don't think they kicked him to the curb. I think they gave him a, a great career and made him a lot of money. And I think he made them a lot of money and gave them all those championships. Now let's see if Belichick if Belichick's as great as, uh, you know, people think he is there, if he can really do it without him. Yeah. How about here? I, I've got one for you to, to see what you think of this. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, I don't think that you're an expert on this, but I think you're very knowledgeable in sure. all sports. How about Tiger Woods? Do you think I he's think Tiger good? Woods is a disgraceful person, man? Uh, you know, he rose to be one of the most popular athletes in the world. He was the number one ranked golfer, be, be, you know, in 2009. Yep. Uh, you know, according to this, uh, some of the info that I have. Then he stepped away from the PGA Tour when the media reported on a series of extramarital affairs, yep. so on and so forth, and uh, injuries have hampered his career. You know, he's, he had a comeback, and when the, the Masters again, uh, he seems to be playing a little bit better right now. Uh, you know, he's still up and down as far as what I've seen, you know, of uh, the situation. But uh, he also took a public hit in 2017 after another DUI. Uh, kind of an incident where, you know, he said it was all an accident. It was his allergy medication or some such a thing like that. You know, what's, what's the skinny in your mind on this guy? Is he a, a beloved guy and to other golfers or is he a prick? No, he's a prick. 
And the fact of the matter is, you know, his infidelities that he's had, his arrests that he was behind the wheel multiple times for DUIs under the prescription of uh, under pain medication and stuff. I get I get what it's like to go through that. I've discussed it on my shows before. I'm not saying anything new. I've been down that road and that in that off in that awful cycle of addiction and with painkillers from pain that I was in and everything. And I get it. I understand it. And I made poor choices because of it, too. And uh, you know what? He never fessed up to his his indiscretions and his decisions. He never he never manned up to it. And people will have a lot more leniency for people in my mind when you man up to it, a mm-hmm. woman up to it, whatever it might be, no matter if it's a man or a woman. When you sit over there and you and you put the stock in and say, I messed up, I made some bad decisions. Now I need to go fix them. And what am I going to do to fix them? You know, and I think he's a, an amazing golfer. He's probably the greatest golfer ever, hands down. Um, but no, I, I don't think he's a good role model. That's why he got dropped from all of his contracts. That's why he got dropped from all of the advertisements that had him, his sponsorships and things. And I, I don't think they've really warmed back up to him anymore because once again, he really did a number on his brand. And I'm not saying he still doesn't make a boatload and do great. And maybe he's a changed leaf. I just haven't seen much of it. And I don't think he manned up to his poor, uh, his poor decision making. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. How, what do you think of, um, uh, you, you know, what do you think of Barry Bonds and his effect of being, uh, uh, you know, if I'm not, uh, hitting you with people out of the blue here. Oh, he no, was, no, no. These are great. I know of them all. I'm a huge sports fan. So I, I write sports stuff. So I, I know pretty much almost all these ones. You think I'm giving um, you good picks? Uh, with very good. Things? I'm going to give you a different take on Barry Bonds and what a lot of people think. Barry Bonds ultimately most definitely deserves to be in the hall of fame. There's no doubt in my mind, he should be in the hall of fame. Barry Bonds is the greatest hitter of all time. Barry Bonds was not doing anything that was illegal at the time in regards to what they were doing. He was not. It was legalized. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, human growth hormones, no matter what you think about them and the things that they were using. I get it. I understand the debate on it. It was legalized at the time. How can you how can you pin the guy for something that wasn't illegal? And it wasn't they were things they weren't testing for. There were things that in the Major League Baseball players protocol, in their contract, in their union, in their agreements, that wasn't illegal. So you can't sit over there and beam the guy for it and say that he shouldn't be in. It's a disgrace that he's not in. It's a disgrace that Mark McGuire is not in. It's a disgrace that Sammy Sosa is not in. Honestly, even though he made really bad choices, it's a disgrace that Pete Rose isn't in. You know, now Barry Bonds is a person I got to say this is an asshole, man. And everybody said it about him. He's an asshole. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like the media. He doesn't care about the fans. He never did. Barry Bonds cares about Barry Bonds and he cares about his money and he cares about his brand and what he does. That's Barry Bonds. So maybe not a good person, but I think he gets a really shit rap from people. And I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what you think about it, though. You know, uh, it's uh, it's a tough one. It's um it, it's a tough one for me. Uh, anytime you get performance enhancing drugs and stuff like that, uh, it puts people in a very unfair position compared to other athletes. Uh, other guys who are tainted, tainted are people like Jose Canseco, uh, you know, um, to my knowledge. Pete Rose is a guy that used to trouble me with because, uh, you know, Charlie Hustle and everything else like that. And he was with his betting and, and stuff like that. The one thing in baseball, or in football, anybody who shaves points, anybody who bets on things, anybody who does stuff like that. I mean, you got to realize that baseball, man, that goes back to the Chicago Black Sox, you know, back to, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson and, and all the people in the 90s, was it 1919? They got thrown out of baseball for life. And these were great players. 
people who didn't even do anything just because they, they were touched by it in some way. So Pete Rose really should have um, known better. Whether he should be not get his place in the Hall of Fame for his do things for that, I think it's harsh. And I think it's cruel, but I think with Pete Rose, it's part of the thing that will keep him famous forever. Yeah. Like and he never group. shaved points, though. Let, let's. You oh, know, yes. No he, no, he never did that. No, yeah, he, he never bet against his team or anything no. like that or bet on his team. I don't think but he, he was. He was a manager. He should have known. Yeah. Better. He should have known better. Absolutely. But you don't take decision. away a person's accomplishments like that. Uh, you know, and the guy, the commissioner at the time, I believe his name was Faye uh, Dunnell. Not that was the actress. Faye Baker or something like his name was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it. He was a he was a he was a mope. Uh, you know, he, he, he was, a, he was, he was looking for, to get on him there, man. And they, right. he had a personal beef against him and he, ca- he castrated his career yeah. uh, from that and all of his legacy and accomplishments. And it was a shame. Yeah. You know, two guys, uh, I don't know how we're doing on time on the show for going too long or, or whatever. Good. All right. We're good. So, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, two guys that didn't make the list. I thought, uh, they were very exciting players, but they singly changed the nature of a sport uh, in a in a terrible way, and I think ruined it uh, in for many years. And one was uh, you know, Jimmy Connors, uh, the tennis player, who was a snot of the first order, but he wasn't that bad. But he he got pretty friggin' bad. And then the worst sport that I've ever seen, you know who I'm going to say, John McEnroe. Oh, yeah. John McEnroe <laughs> was, uh, I think he was a very overrated player, regardless of his uh, of some of the wins that he had. I think he was uh, a very good tennis player. Uh, at times, he could have some some moments of greatness. I don't, I don't think he was as intimidating on the court as uh, he would. He was an aggravant. He was a guy that would uh, get inside your head and, um, you know, he would be a very annoying player. I think the way that he, uh, you know, uh, that with all sports players, in my opinion, they lose track that, uh, like we mentioned, Tiger Woods, or it could be uh, Jack Nicklaus or Arnold Parma, people that I love uh, playing. I love golf and I love watching golf, but they're only hitting a golf ball. Barry Bonds, a great player. Babe Ruth was a great player. Mickey Mann. But all they were doing was hitting a baseball, a bat and a ball. They weren't uh, a war hero saving uh, somebody. They weren't a famous doctor like Jonas Salk. Uh, you know, they weren't uh, a fireman going in and, uh, and rescuing people, you know, hundreds of people a year. They're just not. And it's not to say that they aren't great people or great entertainers. But, you know, what you're doing doesn't warrant you being that cruel to other people. And Macaron was a cruel person to the judges. He was cruel to the fans. Um, he was, he was uh, to me, he was a pretty disgraceful guy. I, and I, I liked him almost as uh, little as, uh, as Jimmy Connors. Uh, and, and other people started, you know, doing that same kind of crap. And it spins over in golf to one person we didn't mention that we see play up here several times. I think, you know, what I'm going to say John Daly. Oh, God. Yeah. Another John guy. Uh, you know, he was an animal house player. You know, he, he looks like a nice enough guy and everything else. But. People say fat, drunk, and pardon the language, and stupid is no way to go through life. And uh, that's how it falls on John Daly. You know, the, he had what they used to call a grip it and rip it approach, you know, and just battling with booze and withdrawing from things. And 
He says in his autobiography, he lost upwards of 60 million bucks by gambling money away. Can you imagine? $60 million. $60 million. And he wasn't even that great a golfer. Wow. That's insane. And he's still continuing on those ways now, if I recall correctly. I, I guess. I guess. He's as big as a house still, right? And yes. still drinking and smoking and doing all the stuff. Whatever, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's won, I think, every major tournament, surprisingly. People wouldn't know that. He's actually lost his PGA Tour card because of how poorly he's performed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to get exemptions before he got it back, but he lost his PGA Tour card just due to how poorly he performed at certain points. So, yeah, Daly's a great one. John McEnroe was a scumbag, man, and so was Jimmy yes. Connors, to be honest with yes. you, too. You'd hear, you'd hear McEnroe fighting with all the judges on there, cussing everybody out. Uh, he was a he was a disgrace to tennis, and so was Jimmy Connors in many ways too. And like yes. you said, very overrated. I mean, when I look at classy tennis players, I mean, I think of Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, you know, mm-hmm. people like that. That's what I think. Not those. I, two. I remember Arthur Ashe and Ron Laver. Oh, you and I mean, yeah, you know, no, I know Arthur Ashe very well. Oh, thank you. Rod Laver was an Australian player, just incredible players. Um, you know, what do you think of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, the uh, quarterback for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, Ben can't stand him, and most people can't. He's uh, he's a he's a he's a great player. Um, you know, he's been a great person for Pittsburgh. You know, out there as leading their team, he's won a multiple Super Bowls. Um, he's battled through a lot of injuries. He's uh, he's another guy people don't like to play with. Man, they say he's an asshole. And many ways, uh, things about his, you know, how he handles himself isn't isn't good. I've heard that many times. Mm-hmm. He also has all those sexual uh, uh, predatory charges and rape charges. Yeah, whatever happened with that? Did they get did they get uh, dismissed or did they? Uh, is uh, it still ongoing? Uh, you know, to to what I know on them, and uh, he actually scared the piss out of, uh, from what I the the, um, uh, the information that I have. He scared the piss out of Stormy Daniels, the one that Trump was with. Oh, yeah, yeah, the stripper. Yeah. He terrified her at a hotel, according to her, in 2006. And uh, it says in the the notes that I have on him, I'm just trying to to capture them in my head here, that uh, Big Ben was suspended by without pay by the NFL for part of the 2010 season. Yeah. Because he had allegations of sexual assault on a Georgia college student. Yeah, he was out four or eight games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he was also had similar charges brought on him with a casino hostess. And we could do a segue. Again, I'm just checking for time because, folks, we like to keep our, our show not over time uh, with things because one of the guys, I think he's number one or two on the list, and, man, I used to love him. We were talking about him the other day, is Mike Tyson. Ooh, yeah. Man, I can remember him. Uh, you know, I worked for the Division for Youth, ladies and gentlemen. That's in New York State. And Mike Tyson was up uh, at two of the places uh, that I had would take clients from, you know, because uh, I worked in a secure facility. I was a treatment director and the assistant facility director for two and a half years. I hated that job. The only job I've ever hated in my life. And that was it. And I can remember people going up to try on industrial facility they called it it was a you know a, a secure place for teenagers and and they said boy they got this kid up there who's boxing his name is tyson mike tyson and he was uh 
he was then taken by Customato, the famous boxer, and people knew about it. And, you know, they said this was like a big deal in DFY, you know, at the time. And that's the division for youth. And, uh, man, when I saw him box, he he was, a, you know, I said, wow, look at this kid. Customato has him. It was like a movie. He would study things. He, you know, he looked like a really good kid and everything else like that. And then he would go out and destroy people. And it would be, holy shit, uh, this guy's serious. Isn't this wonderful? To see somebody, you know, to, to come into the game like this, get all the training, he respects the history. He's just like a, a hitman. And then he turned into like a freakazoid show of uh, the First Order with Don King and all the bullshit with that. And, you know, giving up all the people who coach him. It, it, it was one of the worst debacles I've ever seen. And when he uh, when he bit off the ear of um, what's his uh, Evander Holyfield. Yep who everybody loved and thought was a nice, and then he was the friggin' nut. Holyfield was a nut on top of it, but he he bit his goddamn ear off in the ring. <laughs> I mean, I had never seen anything like that. And I've been a lifelong boxing fanatic. And after that, you know, with all that kind of stuff, it was like, uh, I enjoyed George Foreman making his comeback. And after that, it was done for me. It, it was crazy. And, and Mike Demise and Don King helped bring that about. But you said, you know, he's an interesting guy now. I saw his one-man show a couple of years ago that he had on Broadway. And uh, you said he has a new series of workouts where he's ripped and buffed again. Uh, I wouldn't say he's ripped and buffed, but, man, he's in really good shape. I'm telling you, uh, if you haven't seen these online, folks, he's doing a YouTube series. He's uh, he's contemplating coming back, and it's not for the money or anything because he's doing very well now, I guess. But um, he said an exhibition fight, but I can't see it being an exhibition fight. This he's looking scary, man. He is looking his power is straight scary, what you're looking at at 53. Now the question is, could he put it together for a fight? Who knows? I mean, Mike Tyson was never a guy that was gonna go the distance much. That wasn't his his forte. Uh, but man, he looks scary out there, man. He was hitting hard and fast, and I don't know, something's kicking in him. He's a law. Mike's a lost soul in my mind. Just the he's upbringing a, that he a, had. He's a strange agent. He's a strange guy. He's had an awful life that he that he had growing up. You know, he had no parents, he had no family. He was left to his own accord at a young age. Of course, he has mental health conditions, drug and substance issues later on, issues with women and gambling. People robbed him, you know, in regards to exploiting him for money. I mean, the guy's he's out there, man, hands down. He's definitely not a role model. Um, no doubt about it, but he's a guy that when you look at his upbringing a little bit, you kind of understand why he is the way he is. You have to look at his upbringing a lot. There's, there's also a thing with him. And I say that as a psychologist, uh, I've always liked Mike Tyson, uh, in a lot of different ways. Me too. But, yeah, a lot. But, and, but here's the trick with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is a funny guy because Mike Tyson, if you watch him in all of his interviews, he cries at the drop of a hat. He always sees himself, regardless of anything, as a perpetual victim. And he likes to see himself as a tragic hero. Uh, it, some people are like that. Uh, a lot of writers, uh, movie stars, uh, you know, entertainers. You say, what the fuck is the matter with them? They're making millions and millions of dollars. People love them. What are they doing all this drinking for? What are they doing all these other crazy things for? Uh, you know, what's going on with them? 
And they, they wind up going on this path of self-destruction because they love being in love with this character of being a tragic hero. And uh, Mike Tyson, unlike other people who come from you know bad upbringings and terrible things, he doesn't uh, dwell on uh, overcoming those things. You know, he may mention that, but he, you know, he talks about how that has given him uh, almost like a license to do what he's done. And, and then he feels sorry. And, and you know, he, he's just a very um, disturbed guy with that, uh, in my opinion. And he's easy to get sucked into of liking him. But I've heard a lot of people say he's a cruel person. He's a bully. He'll give up easily. He's, you know, shows great signs of cowardice. I, I don't see that. Uh, but. He's an interesting cat, man, to say the least. I think he made boxing for a while, and then he destroyed it. Don King destroyed it in money. Oh, yeah. Don King, Bob Arum, those guys destroyed it, man. Yeah. And, you know, when the allure was gone, when Tyson left, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, they still had Lennox Lewis. You, you know, he had Holyfield for a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. then you had that. And here's a good name. Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> He's right on the list. Oh, good. Is right he number on one? Yeah, He's number 11. But he should be number one in my book, man. What a dope this guy, that guy is. If there's anybody I ever wanted to see get his ass kicked, it was him. Yeah. I'd love to see Mike Tyson in there kick his ass. <laughs> I guess in the papers, it was just the other day, I guess his uncle got killed or something like that. Roger uh, died. Or he died. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't think he got killed or anything. He died, I think, uh heart attack or stroke or was something. Was that his father that he was estranged from or his uncle? Oh, I think it was his uncle, the one that was his trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Roger, I believe it was the one was died. I, I always get it mixed up, but I believe it was his uncle, the one that actually trained him because his father's such a piece of garbage that he couldn't even train him. They couldn't even get along enough to do it. Yeah. You know, and honestly, right. Mike, Mike Tyson looks like a saint compared to Floyd Mayweather in many ways. Well, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of uh, felony charges or he has a lot of charges against him and assaults, beating people, felony battery charges. And yeah. a lot of them goes away to women. jail for less than like 60 days. Yeah, and they're against women. Yeah, notorious yeah, for it. Out of it. Yeah, yeah, notorious. You know, I mean, uh, God, those those guys were the end of boxing, though, man. Yeah, it here's really one for you. If, you. if if we have a couple more minutes, sure. You know, and, and again, tell me if we don't, because you're the timekeeper here. No, we got enough. Uh, a guy that uh, I think um, it gets into uh, many times. Uh, I, it, it, it's almost like this issue about wearing masks now mm -hmm. with the government and, uh, you know, versus your rights. And I cannot believe how uh, African-American people stick by this guy uh, like they did with OJ. God, I know exactly who you're talking about. Who is it? Jesse Jackson. No. Are we talking about athletes? Oh, I hate Jesse Jackson. I'm just going to say he's an asshole. Yeah. No. But, uh, God, oh, so so African Americans stick by him. Give me a hint on the sport there. I thought we were talking I, football. I it. football. Football. Is he uh, present time? No. All right, I'm a little lost on it. Well, he, he he's been in your lifetime as a popular guy. Yeah, I would say present time. He's not a currently an active quarterback. Team. Uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, what the hell was the last team he played for? I'll just give it to you, you know, just uh, excuse me. I'm trying to think. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Michael Vick. Absolutely. Jesus, I should have guessed him right off the bat. I figured he was so obsolete by now people forgot about him. Well, that's what I was going to say. No, it still comes up. Uh, you know, his name was up in the news all year long for some Disgrace. kind of life, lifetime achievement award. 
He's, and, he's a lifetime uh, achievement for a disgrace with what he did to animals and how he abused them. The, the, the ring of dog fighting and murder that he was doing, the lack of empathy and caring that he had towards it, towards anything that went along with it. Um, talk about a guy that's got a, got a place uh, where Satan might be poking him in the ass to get him in hell. It might be Michael Vick, man. That, that's an evil guy right there. Well, see, people say Vic turned the negative into a positive and became an advocate, which he is, for ending dogfighting. I think many times that's bullshit. Uh, bullshit. I don't buy that. I, I think that's because he wants to be accepted. It's just like, you know, see, seeing Harvey Weinstein, you yeah. know, the sex of, you know, and forgive me for being judgmental, folks. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's walking, you know, and it, I could be wrong. But, you know, that's a pretty uh, cruelty to animals is uh, is a really sick thing. He was hanging them. He was killing them. He was beating them and torturing them. He was Absolutely. letting people do it. I mean, I'm, I, I believe everybody does deserve a second chance. And he paid his debt to society or whatever it is and all that bullshit. 21 months of never federal be prison. Yeah. He, he should never be allowed to own an animal. He should never be allowed to be around an animal. Let's go. Let's go do that to him. What he did to those poor animals. Yeah, he would break their jaws open, rip them up, and kill Fuck them. Fuck him. Excuse my language yeah. there. That's why I say to yeah. people like him. Fuck him, man. He should be uh, – they, they, there's a secret place in hell for people like that, man. They're defenseless creatures, man, like that. And you're teaching them to be murderers and violent. You're beating and torturing them. God. I, I, I don't I, know how I, anybody I, can do that. I don't either. And I don't know how anybody could ever defend him in any way. It's okay. like uh, people who are molesters, you know? In my mind, it's hard to defend them. Everybody deserves an opportunity for redemption. You know, I agree with that. I've been down the wrong road, too. We all have at some points. But there's certain things that are just egregious that people can do that make it really hard to ever give them forgiveness. Or if you give them forgiveness to ever give them in your mind any type of ability to ever really come back into it, you know, in, in a good way. I, I couldn't see Michael Vick ever in that way. I don't think he deserved another shot back in the NFL. And I think it's a joke that he got back in and he was able to make all that money again and make tens of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. That's me. Well, I can tell you who the worst, uh, the number one worst sport role model is. Hey, let's hear it. They have. Now, remember, it can be people from all different uh, uh, realms of sports. And it's Dean Spanos. <sighs> And his name goes on, and you're going to go, he's the stand-in for uh, other NFL owners and stuff like that. He's the guy who yanks community institutions from one city to the other. Spanos and his company, uh, they don't do anything illegal, but they move the charges from San Diego to Los Angeles, and they do all kinds of bankrupt you know, businesses and then uh, move these teams uh, here and so forth. And uh, the people, the sports writers and fans, <laughs> and this is from 2019. Uh, you know, it says that, uh, man, it's it, their quote is, it's fair to say that murderers, rapists and thugs are the worst role models. But of the ones on the list, they say here, nine were employed by the off soulless, deep pocketed scoundrels who own NFL football teams. And uh, good these one. guys, uh, you know, he's an NFL owner. And uh, hey, man, they, they do. He owns uh, the Chargers, right? Yes. Okay. Who, who rounded out the top five there? I'm interested to hear the top five. The top five was Dean Spanos uh, was number one. Uh, I'm just letting me go through my list. O.J. Simpson was number two. Okay. Number three was Aaron Hernandez from the Patriots. Okay. I don't know whether you agree with that. Oscar yeah. Pistorius from South Africa. Remember the runner? Uh, I don't know anything himself. about him. Yeah, he killed somebody in okay. South Africa. 
like uh, okay. killed his girlfriend. And, Not a real nice guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, then uh, went through this big thing, and he kind of gets off on this shit. But and Ray Caruth, uh, the NFL uh, wide receiver, went to jail, I guess, for eighteen years or some shit like that, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, he he was a nice guy. Let me see. He was the first round draft pick in uh, 1997 for the Panthers. He yep. played uh, one season. Yep. And a year later, he went to jail for participating in a plot to kill a woman who was pregnant with his child. Yep. Nice he guy. Had a woman killed, and the kid became permanently brain damaged. He just hmm. got out of jail in 2018. Now, uh, some, some, you know, the uh, and the reason you know, these are mentioned on the list is because it's extreme violence towards women, violence towards other people, like with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you know, a, a lot of predatory behaviors. Um, uh, you know that these people have, uh, and this all you know started with Michael Jordan, of course. There's no way, shape, or form uh, anything like uh, this. Even though he did punch several people in the head and intimidate people year after year. This is why, for those of you who may have enjoyed this show today, and for me, it's I never do a sports show every once in a while. I feel so vindicated saying uh, for my other show on Just Thinking, what a bunch of absolute hogwash and bullshit. Do we need sports in America after a two and a half month lockdown to heal the freaking country? You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, this is not the cast of characters uh, to do that. You know, it's nice enough that, uh, you know, I'm a Yankee fan and, you know, they've got here comes the judge and all that kind of nice stuff. But, you know, some of these guys on some of these teams and the owners and whatever, I mean, you know, they're okay, but they're just playing a sport and they're making a shit pile of money, man. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, they're okay. A lot of nice guys, but, uh, you know, a lot of these other characters have ruined teams. Who's that guy? Odell uh, Beckham? Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, yeah, that son of a bitch. He ruins one team after the other. Who's the other guy? Uh, Brown? Antonio Brown? Oh, God. He's, yeah. If Antonio Brown ain't on that list, man, I don't know who is. Another guy. He's a he's a team destroyer, you know, from, from what? You, they just fuck up everything. Antonio Brown is one of the biggest dopes ever <laughs> in the history of sports, man. You look at this guy where they're videotaping him and he's trying to get sympathy from people where he's cussing out the police and the woman that was his girlfriend and he's sending her and the children out of his house and kicking them to the curb. And he's trying to start a fight with the cops and calling them crackers and honky ass motherfuckers and all this stuff. And take down, tell that broke ass bitch to get the fuck out of my place. You know, and you can go watch it for yourself, folks. I ain't, I ain't blowing this up. Antonio Brown is a guy that I want to see used as Mike Tyson's punching bag. <laughs> uh-huh. That would be a great day. <laughs> hey, let me ask you one quick question. Do we have a minute for one quick yep. question? Sure. Uh, and uh, do you think that there is a double standard between uh, a white ap- uh, uh, Caucasian athletes and uh, athletes of color in terms of who gets pegged as the bad guy? Because I'll tell you, somebody that I think is a complete horse's ass mm-hmm. is the Gronk, man. Oh, he's a big you know, horse's ass. I mean, you know, and overrated too. Absolutely my, overrated in my book. You know, and you know, bullshit players. Uh, a lot of bullshit players uh, in football that you can name. You know, hatchet jobs. Uh, you know, headline. I mean, um, uh, you know, people who you know, cheap shot artists. Uh, you know, all over the place. And, and the one guy, uh, shit, uh, in baseball that I'm. 
you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are notorious. I mean, you know, I used to watch me. So I, I used to start foaming at the mouth. It was that dirty bastard, Josh Beckett. Oh, yeah. You hated him. That pitcher. The, you know, he, he, son of a bitch was a was a beanball artist. So you do know? I think there's a double standard yeah. between the um, well, those were white yeah. athletes. Yeah, I mean, I'd really have to look at the whole list to see. But I mean, a lot of the names that you mentioned on there um, were people uh, of, of a different color or nationality. Right. So do I think there is? I think it's depending upon the person, maybe. Um, but I think most people are equal opportunity critics on everybody when they do something shitty. I really do. Uh, you know, I really do. So I do. I think it exists sometimes. Sure. But I also think it works the other way, too. You know, mm -hmm. that people would there's a lot more things that people can get away with that are white that can't get away with with their African-American or another color. And then the same thing would hold true for, for the other things. And there's a double standard no matter where we look at it in society. It's unfortunate that it's that yes. way. Um, but I, I think there is in, in many ways, in both ways, there's double standards. So I think it works both ways on that, um, you know, people's ethnicity and stuff. And, you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody of an of another race, you know, so I've seen it, you know, and how it works, too. So there is double standards, I think. But I, I think most people are fairly equal opportunity critics mm -hmm. for the most well, part. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I thought this was a great show. I, That's I really a great topic, enjoyed it. I loved it. Yes. So in this particular time, I, you know, I don't think we have to do it on every show, but I, I like to. So do you think uh, with the, the, the people that I picked out here tonight, uh, do you think that father does know best on this or would you have picked some different characters? Uh, no, I think you picked some really good ones. Some ones I forgot about there, to be honest with you there that I uh, Dean Spanos, I never would have thought about him until you mentioned him. And then I could see it totally where you had it. Michael Vick, I've honestly tried to forget about the guy. So I think you picked some great ones. So I, I definitely think uh, you did well on this one and picked some good people that were definitely not very good role models in uh, in their own right in uh, athletics. Hey, thank you. And I want to give a 30-second comment on just something in a serious way. And, and, and I appreciate you saying that. And I was just joking a little bit because of the nature of our show. But, you know, one of the most disturbing things about this pandemic to me has been the blatant disregard for people who are older. I'll be 70 years old in December, and I haven't even hit the top of my game yet, ladies and gentlemen. And that isn't idle boasting or anything else like that intellectually or uh, things that I want to do in podcasting or films or writing or anything else in life. And one of the wonderful things of youth where you don't have experience is people see things from a fresh perspective and they ask wonderful questions and they want to know why. What makes that so? However, on the flip side of that, and I hope that we see that in our in our podcast, John, mm -hmm. only in stupid America sometimes do we disregard people who have a wealth of experience and a depth and breadth of knowledge. And that's ignorance, ladies and gentlemen. And that's called ageism. Yeah. When you say, hey, man. So this is a great opportunity uh, to, to sit there and, and uh, see people of different generations can just talk about things based on the facts and opinions and, and uh, respect for one another and just critical thinking on things. I love doing this show. I, I, hope, it's be, I hope it's going to be a great hit as a podcast. And uh, you want to wrap it up, Johnny? Yeah, everybody keep checking out the show. Make sure you subscribe on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, you name it, it's out there everywhere you can find it. Uh, so make sure you hit that subscription button. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. We have a slew of great shows on our network, on the Reality Check Podcast Network, in the Publisher's Desk Network, who we are aligned with as well. So check out uh, our website, rcpodnetwork.com. Or you can go right on over to Art19. You can look up our show, and then you just find got to find the Publishers Desk Network. You can see the 25, 30, 40 great shows they got over there. So check out all they're doing as well. And uh, we will be back, as always, every week uh, on Wednesdays and Sundays with brand new episodes for you guys. So if you want to write into the show, let us know. We're easy to find. You can find Stan at at swanglund, W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D, at gmail.com. And myself is at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com really easy to find we're both on social media on twitter stan is at s wangland once again w-a-n-g-l-u-n-d and then mine is really easy to find it is just just at wwrpodcast on twitter and uh, we're both pretty active on there i'm very active on social media for twitter Uh, So check it out there. So next time we will have another great episode for you. We're going to look at some interesting stuff from the pandemic. Uh, People who have been keeping their businesses open uh, in regard in complete disregard to the restrictions put on them. People who refuse to wear masks, who have taken the law in their own hands in many ways. It's going to be an interesting show. We're going to we're going to break down a lot of it. And uh, until the next time, we'll be back on Wednesday with another brand new episode with that topic and many, many other great things right here on Does Father Know Best?